disappointment proves that we were created for something higher. Because if we are honest with ourselves, when we achieve that thing, that goal, that relationship, that success, that job title, that performance level, there's still an inner sense of disappointment. And that's a good thing because we were created for something so much higher that nothing in this world can really fill it. Welcome to the Blaze and Bush Podcast. I'm Jeff Bush, and along with my co-host Jim Blaze, we are here to share with you authentic stories of God's extraordinary revelation in ordinary lives. Our hope is that like Moses in the burning bush in Exodus 3, you may encounter the Lord through these humble experiences. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Jeff Bush here along with Jim Blaze, bringing you the latest episode of the Blaze and Bush podcast. Jeff, I'm excited about our guest this week, Carolyn Blaze. Well, naturally, you're excited about her. (laughs) I have known her for only two years, actually, but she is my sister-in-law. She married my brother. That's how that works. And I had the experience of listening to her share moments where God has acted in her life And it was so inspiring. It was so encouraging that I knew that she had to be on our show. Well, and it sounds like she lives a very profound and authentic faith. She does. You know, it's easy to talk about the faith, but to live it and to live it in such a manner that it's just the very The 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 essence of who they are. It, It is. It's just how you breathe, how you talk, how you do everything in life. And that really exemplifies who Carolyn is. Isn't that called a saint, Jim? It, it is. Of all the people that I know well, she is most clearly on the path of sanctity. And I say that hoping that my brother forgives me, because now if they get into an argument, like he has to give in, doesn't he? Does she remind you a little bit of me? No. Oh, no, she, really, she's on the path to sanctity. Oh, no. <laughs> but you know, Jim, we're going to listen to her conversion That's story right. today. That's right. So she has shared with me in the past what she calls God moments, these times when God has acted profoundly in her life and really brought about moments of healing, moments of whether it's spiritual or physical, even uh, moments when God has really touched other people's lives because she has been open to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Well, why don't we just hop right into it and pick up where she's walking us through her conversion. I I was a new investment consultant with a national investment firm, and I I had very quickly risen to the top of my national class, the top of my national class in assets and sales performance. And... um, so I was pretty busy. I was teaching investment seminars in the evenings, meeting with clients on the weekends. And my prayer life, you know, got more diminished because of just the demands on time. And I was um, also working to escape what was a what was an abusive marriage. And so I drew my self-esteem and, and um, you, you know, you get a lot of accolades when you're performing at that level. And especially when you get invited to... Uh, interview with the Wall Street Journal and be featured on NBC Nightly News. Oh wow! In a story titled, it, yeah, in a story titled "How Successful Women Balance Work and Family," but it was kind of ironic because I thought all the I was keeping all the balls in the air, but 
actually, you know, God reveals uh, larger truths to us. And during that time, uh, following those interviews, and of course it was kind of an experience for, I was the only female broker. And so here comes NBC Nightly News in this, in to film me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the guys are all, so it was, it was kind of, it was an exciting time, but you know, it's interesting because since that time and, and I've gotten acquainted with so many great saints and, and Catholic figures who've inspired me. And Bishop Wilkin Sheen said something that I recall now at, that at the time I was realizing, and that is that disappointments proves that we were created for something higher. Because if we are honest with ourselves, when we achieve that thing, that goal, that relationship, that success, that job title, that performance level, there's still an inner sense of disappointment. And that's a good thing, because we were created for something so much higher that nothing in this world can really fill it. And that's what I was experiencing on some level, at the same time, God sent wake-up calls into my life. People close to me, family members who con- who all had cancer simultaneously. And um, one was my godmother, my Aunt Lorraine, who was very, I was very close to her in my heart. We were very much alike. She was on the church board and the town board, and she was just always filled with laughter and love, and she was the glue that kept the family together and made sure there were the family reunions and the extended family didn't get disconnected, and she was dying of pancreatic cancer. And during that time, all all that was important to her was faith and family. Everything else melted away. And uh, on the other side of of the family, there was an aunt, my aunt Linda, who was dying of breast cancer that had gone to the brain to the point she couldn't even open her eyes anymore. Oh wow. And I called her one day and I said, Linda, you know, I shut the door to my office and, and stopped all the buzz and the noise. And, you know, you know, it's a busy day when you're in the stock market until three anyway and everything's moving at a fast pace. And I just shut the door, shut it all off, called her and said, you know, can I pray with you? Can I pray for you? She said, oh, Carolyn, I'm doing fine. She goes, you know, when I close my eyes, I can even hear the angels sing. And this has given me the gift of time and perspective. Because now it's not the run out the door, love you, honey. It's the focus on your eyes. I love you. I love you. And I saw what she was talking about, and I recognized that she, and she had reconnected with her Catholic faith during that time of suffering. And that really impacted me. It it really did. I thought to myself, wow, she has something there, a piece in, in a circumstance this extreme that I'm not sure I would have. And so these things were all working within me to create a sense of questioning. Um, and so I, I shared with a friend of mine, an elderly friend of mine, um, who had, was a convert from, uh, I, I believe it was Lutheranism, to Catholicism. And she had the gift of music, an older lady, and I used to visit her. And we'd become friends. As a matter of fact, I visited her in the nursing home for many years until she passed in 2017. But um, and we'd ha- we'd hold these prayer powwows in the nursing home, and all the little in the dementia ward, and all the little ladies would scoot up with their wheelchairs and join us, and it was just a lot of fun. That's awesome. But she was very dear. To- yeah, she was very dear to me. And she said to me, "You know, Carolyn, I, I, you hear God. You have a strong faith." 
It's just you just don't have any time. What you need to do is find a quiet place to pray and listen. Because I felt this unrest, and I shared it with her. I said, I don't know what this is, but I just feel there's something more. And so she said, I know. She's very slyly smiled and said, I know of a little adoration chapel where you could go and pray and have some quiet time. So it wasn't far from my office. And I ventured over there. Now, as a good Lutheran girl, as I walked in, I had no idea what that funny gold contraption was with the wafer in the middle. <laughs> but I sensed that I was in the presence of God in such a deep way that I sensed it in my inner spirit, something new. And I went, wow, what's that? And I sat down and opened my Bible, and now the words would jump out at me, very much like Augustine experienced the day of his conversion. And we celebrated his feast just this past week. Right. But I sat there, and here the Lord was giving me Matthew 6, and we going, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added. Um, no, you know, um, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. You know, the story of the rich man, you know, um, sell all you have and come and follow me and be my disciple. And I was really struck by these things. I knew it was a personal message, and it wasn't just relative to the time and place of its original speaking, the Lord's original words. I sensed that, um, but I was confused because, well, what does that mean? What am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? What's the path? And so I kept going back there, and for many months I returned there and continued to pray and seek and try to get additional understanding as to what this was that he was asking of me. And um, and then my aunt died, and I was standing in her, her wake, and I just was crying like a baby, and the tears just would not stop, and they were just pouring down my face. I missed her, I loved her so much, and I thought to myself, if that was me, I'd have regrets. Because mm. I had come to understand that, even though it didn't make sense to me, that the Lord was asking me to walk away from all my success. And I knew, I sensed that's what he was asking, but I kept waiting for the next step, and nothing came. So I was hesitating and waiting to make that leap until I knew what the next step was. Then after that week, I knew, I said, even if I don't understand, you know, I, I just have to follow this, and I guess he'll reveal it in his time. And that was terrifying for me because, uh, you know, all your self-esteem needs are being met and exceeded by successful performance. Right. And, and even the learning itself, the curve, you know, was fascinating. And, um, and you know, so here it was, and, and could I go home and be at least indirectly dependent on someone who was abusive and oh. whose God was money and fun and pleasure? Could I really do that? So I I prayed about it, and I went back to the office, and I gave my notice. Mm. Wow. And and uh, the president of the firm placed a personal phone call, and he said, Carolyn, this is, and he introduced himself, and he said, write your ticket. What would you like? Would you like a home satellite to work from home? Would you like to take a sabbatical? We'll hold your accounts and assets, and you can come walk back in and put, put them right back on. Uh, would you like to become a branch manager? Not many women in this field get that opportunity, and we'll put you on the fast track. So now I'm confused. You know, Now I'm going, okay, Lord, 
Then I got a call from, at the time, Morgan Stanley, and they somebody through the wind mentioned I was leaving and my reputation and success. And so they called me in, and I went to the meeting because I thought, well, I don't know what the next step is. You know, I'll have to at least seek this out and see if this is possibly it. So I went, and they offered me a quarter of a million dollars just oh to sign a five a five year contract to go to work for them. Once yeah. they saw my assets and performance, they're like, "Well, just sign five years to work for us, and this is yours." I thought, "Wow!" So I'm driving away really confused. Okay, Lord, you wanted me to get a better deal, you know. And right. then uh, my ex at the time, I had a friend who was retiring, planning to retire from managing a seventy-two million dollar physician's retirement fund. And was looking for someone to groom to take over. And did I want the position? And now I'm really confused. So I I went back. I, I said, oh, my gosh, my world was spinning. I felt confused. I felt scared. I thought, And everyone I knew was, was responding to the news of my decision, saying, what are you doing? You're our icon. You're our role model. We don't want to be like you. My gosh. And uh, so I, I jumped in the car. I go, I have to go back to that adoration chapel because that's the only place I hear straight. So I jump in the car, I hit the road, and this SUV pulls in front of me. And it was such a close uh, call that I had to slam the brakes on to avoid hitting it. But it got my attention. And on the wheel cover was this image. Now, as a good Lutheran girl, I didn't know the difference between Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Lourdes, or Our Lady of Guadalupe. <laughs> there was, I knew, I knew it was Mary. It was Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the, of the U.S. And I, so I thought that was strange because the whole way to the Adoration Chapel, this vehicle's right in front of me. So I get there, I go in, I, I rush in, I, I kneel down, I open my Bible, my eyes fall on Matthew six twenty four. No man can serve two masters, God and money. Oh my love gosh. one and hate the other. Oh my goodness. And I knew. And I knew. And I realized that all I really needed was the courage to follow this through. And I also understood in that moment that what the Lord was really asking me was, are you willing to draw your identity alone from me, just from me, mm-hmm. not from success, not from anything else? Are you willing to trust me with your safety? Are you willing to trust me with your future, which, which I'm not revealing to you at this time? Because my prayer changed in that moment. I used to say, okay, Lord, A or B, which one can I have? Now the prayer was A to Z, Lord. What is your will? Wow. So I went over to my little friend's house, and I said, I told her the outcomes of the story. Okay, I know this is what God wants me to do, but I don't understand. I need the courage. Can you pray with me? She says, sure, dear. And she goes in the other room and opens a drawer and pulls out two little funny-looking things with beads and a cross at the end. And she explained it was a rosary, and I'd never seen one. And she says, I'm going to teach you a new prayer. And I looked up on the wall and I saw two pictures. I said, oh my goodness, that's the, that's the lady, that's the picture of Mary that was in front of me all the way to the Adoration Chapel. Can you tell me the story? And, and she says to me, that's Our Lady of Guadalupe and the other picture is Juan Diego. And she says, sure, let me tell you the story. So she tells me the story of Mary's apparition and the roses and the tilma. And, and suddenly I looked at her and I said, Teddy, did you spray perfume in here? And she says, why, dear? What do you smell? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like no. she knew. I said, 
roses. Like there's this strong sense of roses. Oh I go, is that my imagination? Because you just told a story and she says, no, she says, no, dear, you're going to be just fine. Oh, yeah. So she teaches me, she teaches me the roses and we pray it together. All right. Well, explain the smell of the roses for our listeners. Well, there's a tradition that I did not understand at the time that the Blessed Virgin is often accompanied when she's heard your prayer or is giving you consolation of a scent of roses. There are also saints with whom this is associated. I understand there are various scents in regard to St. Padre Pio when he was living, even yes. in his bilocation, but after his death, where there would be a scent of lilac, a scent of roses, and sometimes a scent of incense. Wow. which, of course, is, represents our prayers going to God. You right. know, we see that in the book of Revelation. But so um, so I got the courage from that prayer. I didn't understand it, um, but I went, I, I went back and confirmed my notice and left. Hey, it's Jim again. You know, I'm the kind of guy that when he finds something really worthwhile, likes to tell people about it. So I wanted just a minute here to tell you about a line of Christ-centered clothing called God's Brand. I personally have several God's Brand items, pullovers, button-downs, a really nice quarter-zip fleece. They're stylish, and they help me represent my faith in everyday life. When you get a chance, check out godsbrand.com. They have all sorts of styles for almost any occasion. Again, they're at God's Brand, all one word, dot com. Check it out. You'll be glad you did. Carolyn, thank you for sharing your conversion story. Jim, are you sure that doesn't remind you of somebody? Jeff, I'll tell you what. I do take it back. She was a Lutheran investment banker who became Catholic after encountering Mary in the Rosary. She, she does remind me of you. <laughs> Minus the sanctity, of course. Of course. <laughs> but Carolyn, not everyone has the same relationship to Mary and the saints as you do. So how did that all come about? I chose Mary as my patron saint to make up for lost time, because I'd spent a lifetime up to that point of not honoring her and thinking I was pleasing God. Can you imagine? Right. God who authored the commandments, honor thy father and mother, and I think I'm honoring God by not honoring his mother? I mean, it was ridiculous when I when it finally hit me. I thought, oh my gosh, what ignorance in the true dictionary sense of the word. I just didn't understand. And I thought to myself, if you were God, how would you honor your mother? Wouldn't you put her at a position of honor above all others in the church? And then when I read in the Catechism that all Mary's graces and merits are from Christ, and reflect back to him, I thought, there's no there's no disagreement there, my goodness. We all are mediators of grace, because every single one of us who's a Christian has people say, hey, will you pray for me? Exactly. And we do. And then I said to the Lord, you know, if there, and I saw in Revelation how everyone in heaven is gathered around the throne praying, and I thought to myself, well, gosh, how ridiculous to think, what, do you stop praying when you get to heaven? <laughs> you know, <laughs> of course not. On the contrary, you're closer to God, your prayers are more pure. And then I saw uh, Matthew 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is God. He has no need to consult anyone for advice. But there he is talking with Moses and Elijah, also representing the law and the prophets he came to fulfill. But I thought to myself, well, you know, 
this is amazing because if it's kosher for Jesus, then it's kosher for us. <laughs> I and that. I thought, you know, and I'm meditating on the body of Christ, and I realize, okay, Jesus is the head, we're the members. I thought to think, in a sense, of the saints as the internal organs, because we don't see them once they're in heaven with our physical eyes here on earth, but they're still a part of the body performing vital functions mm. that keep the rest of us parts moving. And and that's the design of the head, because again, in First Corinthians 12, God distributes the gifts. That's his plan. They're his gifts, you know, James 1.17, every good gift comes from God, the Father of life. Um, Matthew 19, only God is good, Jesus says to the rich young men. So what we love and venerate in the saints and in Mary are their unique reflection of God that he called them to from all time. So we're just loving God through them. And God is in everything. We love God in nature. We look at trees and mountains and oceans and we marvel and, oh, Lord, you're, you know, Romans chapter 1, Paul even talks about how creation itself testifies to its creator. You know, so the saints are a part of the God moments, but I came to understand that later. Well, Carolyn, I'd love to fast forward to later, because, Jim, these God moments are really what captivated you originally. That's right. So tell me how those God moments started. I realized that Mary, at the word of the angel, you know, is given the honor of, of the life of Christ within her, to conceive the life of Christ within her by the power of the Holy Spirit. And she says, she asked, let it be done to me according to thy word. You know, the handmaid of the Lord, emptying herself of every aspiration she had to become all that God wanted her to be. Then her her immediate response is to go off and serve her cousin Elizabeth. Now, the Holy Spirit gives us true sight. When Elizabeth sees Mary, she doesn't say, hi, cousin, because she's suddenly filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Mary is a walking tabernacle, bearing Christ to the people around her. And Elizabeth, in her presence, is changed because of Mary's faith of the life of this God, almighty God, conceived as the second person of the Holy Trinity and Jesus Christ within her. And so she prophesied. Scripture tells us in Luke's Gospel. She's filled with the Holy Spirit. She prophesied, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So she doesn't see Mary as cousin. Hey, cousin, sees her in her role in, in the kingdom of heaven. This is what happens when we respond to the Holy Spirit. Our vision is changed. Blessed Jesus said, our, he who has eyes to see and ears to hear. This is what he means. See like I see. And so then John is sanctified, leaps in the womb, recognizes Christ even from the womb. And, you know, and, and, um, and they're both transformed. And so I said, oh, I get it, Lord. I just received your life. So wherever I go and wherever I'm standing in line, I can be asking you within me to bless the people around me through the stealth prayer, and they're going to be changed. I get it. Okay, Lord, I'm in. And, of course, it's after Mass, and people are rushing out like cattle down the aisles, and I can't even get out of the pew. You know, I'm stuck there. Right. So I said, providence of God, I must be here for a reason. It must be someone close by. Okay, Lord, who needs a smile? Who needs an encouraging word? I'm in. And I look around, I'm filled with joy, and I see this woman a couple rows behind me. And the first thing that occurs to me is how gorgeous her hair is. It's beautiful, the cut and the color, just gorgeous on her. And then immediately there is this, um, I do not hear voices, okay? It's a thought. Tell her. Tell her. 
and I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I had just received Jesus, and I was in prayer, you know. So, and it's and it's, and it's a good inspiration. The Holy Spirit will never inspire you to be arrogant or to sure. be controlling or to be negative. Always love and always healing. He's always looking for love and healing, and touch and lift. You know, he edifies. And so I reach over and I touch her hand. I said, "Excuse me." I said, "My name is." I introduced myself, um, and she told me her name. I said, "Well, I just felt I was just thinking how gorgeous your hair is, and." I can't help it, but the, I feel like God wants me to tell you that. It is, you know, you have the cut and the color really become you. You just look beautiful. And she started to cry. And I said, is there something I can pray for you for? And she stops for a minute and hesitates, and I feel the Holy Spirit prompting me again. So I reach out and touch her hand again. I said, it's okay. I'll pray with you. She said, well, this isn't my hair. I've just finished chemotherapy for breast cancer. And this is my new wig, and it's my first time out of the house wearing it. And I was so self-conscious, I almost didn't come to Mass today. And she started to softly cry. Mm. You don't know you don't know what you just did for me. I said, you're right. I'm just the messenger. It's God who wanted you to know he thinks you're beautiful. And I'll be happy to pray with you, because the saint for breast cancer is Agatha. But Sadie Martin and Catherine Siena have suffered it too. And any time a saint suffers something, their prayers become powerful. Peregrine's the saint of cancer in general, and Bartholomew for the immune system. Since you've just finished chemotherapy, let's pray together. We'll ask their intercession. She calls her husband over. Honey, you have to meet this lady. And he comes over, and the three of us hold hands and pray in church. And she went into full remission. Carolina, I know this is just one of the many experiences you've had through intercessory prayer, and especially seeking the intercession of saints. But as we close this podcast out today... Jim, I know you've got one more question for her. That's right. So, Carolyn, on behalf of our listeners, what steps would you recommend to someone who would like to hear our Lord more clearly in their lives? Well, I would say there's a couple of important steps. First of all, you examine yourself and empty yourself of your own will. You can't hear what God wants if you, what you want is so strong there's no room. How can I do that? By believing God is all Jesus revealed him to be, that he is love, that he will give you the Holy Spirit if you ask. So if we lack faith, we can ask for it. Ask and you shall receive. So all we, it's a matter of wanting to hear God's will, trusting that God will reveal it, and knowing that God wants to live in love and move and have his being in and through every one of us. Because I tell people every time I speak this, it's a not a Carolyn thing. It's a calling to pass the torch, like the lights on uh, the Easter vigil. We, we, we light a candle, and then we light the next person's candle. And when I go back a second time to speak at a place, people come up, oh, let me tell you my God story. That's the point. That's great. The thing is, that's what it is, because it's learning to trust that God wants to live in love through all of us. Think outside the box. People think, God can't work through me. I'm too flawed. I'm too weak. I'm too sinful. I'm too this. I'm too that. He's got bigger things on his mind. No, not true. He wants to. He likes to work through small vessels. He chose Israel because it was the smallest nation. Peter, because he was the weakest and knew he would betray him. He wants to make, you know, it, I be, it, he who humbles himself shall be exalted. Jesus said, I came to give wisdom. Thank you, Father, that you give wisdom to the babes. If you're small, good. Then there's less obstacles, and God can work. The more we're full of ourselves, the more of ourselves we're going to be spreading around. The more we're full of Him, 
oh my gosh, your life will be an adventure, an adventure of faith. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blazing Bush Podcast. Be sure and check out our website at blazingbush.com, as well as follow and like Blazing Bush on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, God bless. Mm-hmm.